You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. What's going on, everybody? This is Colin with. Hey, guys, it's Elliot. And this is episode number 70, where we are going to have our first repeat guest, I believe it is here. So um, she's got a little in with us, I will say, you know, that may uh, have helped uh, make that happen here. But uh, we have Mrs. Becca Kawaoka on again here. So what's going on, Becca? Thanks for having me on for the second time, guys. <laughs> absolutely yeah the last time i think you were on was three years ago and we talked about strength training right mm -hmm. so it was episode 25 so <laughs> a little while ago and, i don't think uh, i was accomplished enough at that point maybe to talk about too many other things other than my profession which is strength <laughs> training and coaching so yeah right. <laughs> which was great though that was uh that was definitely a good one here and uh but yeah, I think you've been a little busy and uh, maybe are you still a little in, bit of. Are you in still? Are you still in triathlon, Becca? <laughs> I stuck with it. <laughs> you did, didn't you? What have you been up to? Um, uh, had two recent races that went pretty well. Uh, Victoria seventy point three, in Coeur seventy point three. So those were big highlights for me. Uh, well, I got, let's, yeah. let's back up a little bit. How about we talk about seventy point three worlds last year? That's true. I guess that's kind of where it all, what carried over into this year. I got eight overall amateur at 70.3 Worlds, and I was the third female to cross the line and second in the 30 to 34 age group last year. So it was a good finale, and the entire year was pretty successful, too. I was always finishing top three overall and winning local races, so... Um, by points, technically, I was qualifying for my pro card even as early as last year and placement-wise. So um, I knew it would be hard to go up from that this year, uh, but I managed to go up from that. So I don't know. I hope to just keep that momentum going. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had a few races last year where you were second, unfortunately, with just the rolling starts and everything. So I yeah. think you've redeemed yourself this year. Yeah. The last... Uh, race I did that wasn't world. So, or it would have been Oregon 70.3. I got second, but I got to break the tape, which I know Colin has had that experience. So we definitely connected after That's that. That's what really matters is that you get to break the tape. Yeah. It's the best <laughs> feeling ever. I wish they would do I, that. I wish there was a way. I, uh, I feel bad for the people that won and they don't get to break the tape, but yes, it is a great feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's so, I wish that they really, there was a way to do that all the time. I mean, I feel like the technology is available. It's a small thing and it makes such a difference to the athlete that 
hands down. Now all I want to do is break tape. Like it's the only feeling I want now. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, Boulder, we have a race coming up that doesn't have it has a pro field. So doing age group only races is really special because if you are leading both physically and virtually and you get to break the tape, it is super special. Um, and unfortunately last year yeah, at Oregon 70.3, it was my first time across the line, first across the line. And um, that was the lead into worlds, which really fired me up because I, though I won technically a girl that finished a few minutes later beat me by just a handful of seconds. So I, 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 the best I did last year was second overall. And, uh, I was Terrible. just sure as hell not going to let that happen again. And so I, I made sure to pack as much cushioning as I could at any moment. And I have to say it was heartbreaking at the time, but it really it instilled a fight in me now that even if I'm in front physically, I am not giving an inch and uh, not Bring at it all. To the line, right. Bring it to yeah. the line. Yep. Yeah. I mean, people were telling me at my last couple races, you're good. You're good. You have it by a landslide. And I was like, oh no, oh no. Keeping that gas pedal on. So it really actually though, even though it hurt last year, it made me so much better mentally this year. I think it was actually just, uh, uh it might've felt like a chink in the armor, but it made it stronger at the same time. So yeah, yeah. but damn those rolling starts. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So one quick for people that aren't aware, I would assume I don't I don't think we've had any other Kaokas on the uh, on the podcast here. But uh, for those that don't know, Becca is Elliot's wife here. So so uh, right <laughs> out here. Um, but another thing that was interesting, and we talked about a decent amount offline, was uh, you know so you you did qualify for your pro card last year, and you chose not to take it. Yes. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um very confident that I'm making the right decision to continue racing amateur. I've got a lot of people asking me about it. It's probably my most asked question after a race. Uh, and I take that as a huge compliment. I'm super thankful that it's even an option for me, if I'm being honest. Uh, but yeah, I really have started to, I wouldn't even say enjoy amateur racing because it hurts so bad still. But it's starting to be fun. I think we talked about this, Colin, on the phone after Coeur d'Alene, my most recent race. But yeah, it's just fun to be at the front of the field. And it's fun. It's fun when people see you coming through as the first female. And, you know, if I were to race professionally, I'd probably be kind of in a little bit of some kind of mix. But I wouldn't be, I don't think I would feel the way I feel now and, and, the anxiety i struggle with pre-race anxiety pretty openly and as an really? i haven't heard that i haven't heard that at all <laughs> yeah i think you're i think you manage your emotions really well before races oh my god no i'm terrible <laughs> it's <really> terrible <laughs> uh i cannot imagine if i had to stand up next to the likes of like a daniela rife or a marinda carfrey accomplished ironman champions and you know, they'll be at some of the races that I have coming up. And I don't think I would enjoy the spark sport as much. I think in a nutshell, it comes down to what I would enjoy more. And I, I, I hands down know that age group racing is more fun for me right now as an individual. And everyone's got a different choice in front of them. I know a lot of people just want to race professionally and that's all, that's all they want. And that's obviously a different decision for them, but uh, the, between the pre-race nerves and the fact of what my weaknesses are, I think if you're a strong swimmer, it makes sense to maybe take the pro card because you're in the mix off the bat 
versus me, which my swim is my weakness. I'd be out, I'd be out the back right away. And that's just a really tough thing instead of kind of, I can kind of get through the swim and still have a great day. And the opposite would be true for, for pro racing. So between my skill set and my anxiety levels, I think I would know if I should make a different decision. So my heart is so content right now. I think even going into next year, no matter what happens, I'm pretty sure I'll still continue to race amateur. Ah, really? Okay. We haven't even got there. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Fair enough. Good to know. Maybe, here. maybe I'll be your first triple threat, but you know, I just want to continue staying on the podcast, Colin. That's why I'm doing it. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's what it is. I see. I see. Yeah. No, but I mean, what, <laughs> I mean, you've qualified too, Colin. I mean, yeah. we've had this discussion before, but sure. what's your reasoning for not taking it? I know you have a really busy life. I mean, what's, what's the main reasons why you haven't pulled the plug um, or pulled the Yeah, trigger? I mean, I think uh, the biggest one definitely is the swim, you know, and that being my weakness as well. And, you know, coming out of the water, good five to six plus minutes back, you know, is not a good way to start, uh, a day there and you know but really the biggest thing for me is just having four kids and multiple jobs and things like that i just yeah. uh, don't think i could put in the additional time really to to get to that next level um and i honestly don't think i necessarily would want to either you know just with with doing the more training i think it would would not be quite as enjoyable and a little more stressful and things like so that. if you had so, no if you had no kids and you had if you won the lottery Bring on the pro. I'll, I'll, I'll try it. I'd try, try, I'd try, try it. Sure. If money was no <laughs> obstacle, I could quit my jobs and just, uh, even with the kids and I could swim six, seven days a week and, uh, see if I could get better there. And, uh, I'd still get my butt kicked for sure. But, uh, um, yeah, I guess it would be a different option there, but that's, that's not something I'm seeing <laughs> anytime soon here and I'm not getting any younger. Right. I mean, or I can't remember the first year. I mean, I was, I think at least 36, 37, the first time uh, I qualified for the pro card. So not getting any younger at that point either. So, right. uh, you know, so yeah, that was, that was my reasoning. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, but you know, Becky, your, your swim, you know, is still, it's continuing to improve, right? Uh, Marginally, yeah. right. It's hard because the two swims yeah. we've had, I'm at the point where it would take optimal conditions. I think to PR I'm at that point where I'm working my butt off both with form and threshold work. I mean, I'm, I'm no slacker in the water. I actually enjoy really training the swim. I have to all the time. I think about, I love getting in the water. I love going to the pool. I love open water swimming. I do it five, six times a week. Um, I love do working out of form and threshold, all that. But yeah, we've had some really cold, the, the two swims that we have done were 61 and 58 degrees. Oh, yeah. You know, I just think that that's just too cold for me. Uh, personally, I don't like that conditions. I've all like 12% body fat. I don't think that's the optimal condition for me to drop time. But I did PR those swim courses by, I believe, around a minute. So that's, that's probably legit. good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'd been three years, so I would expect that. But yeah, 32 for me, it's just not, I, I know I, a 30-minute swim is in my wheelhouse, so I'm not happy about it. Uh, yeah. Our next swim's at altitude, so even that one, I'm kind of not sure if that's even going to be one, because I don't want to go crazy at altitude out the gate just for a swim PR when I know, I know slow swims can get it done in the age group field. They really, 
It really can. I mean, I always use this example in our talks, but the girl that won worlds last year swam a 36 minute swim and just out biked and out ran the field and won yep. overall amateur. So I keep that tidbit in my back pocket quite a bit. What every swimmer loves to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it is a reality, no doubt. I mean, if we're being honest too, I mean, for me, like even my swim times right now aren't much faster than they were my second, third year of triathlon, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um, but I swim two and a half times a week, I would say, you know, yeah. so, <laughs> um, you know, um, so I, I, if we're being honest, you know, I'm not putting in necessarily the work that I think it needs to take, but, um, you know, is it worth it to me? And for me, time-wise, uh, probably spending that on the bike and the run is going to give me more, more gain. And especially in the age group ranks, um, probably better off there, but, yeah, uh, is the biggest but yeah. it takes long to get to the gym and, Winter's yeah. always a good time. I, I think I swim a lot more yardage and a lot more time in the winter time. So I kind of go into each season kind of saying like, all right, this is probably my wheelhouse now for the season. I might make minimal gains throughout the season and that's okay. But yeah, the winter I feel like is a good time maybe to work on it. So I'm like, all right, this is what I'm working with this year. So, you know, adapt everything else that you do. You know, you know, you've got the bike, especially your profile of an athlete, Colin. It's like when you know you have the bike, I think that makes a lot more of a difference too. It's like, all right, just get to the bike. And that's where the race seems to start in my mind, at least. But. Yeah. Well, I got out biked by five minutes last weekend. So um, that's, that's, that's surprising to me. I mean, I feel like your bike uh, is so fire. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I also got out swam by five minutes too. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, that's, that's certainly true. And um, I'm feeling pretty good about my bike right now, but uh Still always room for improvement. I got to get the uh, sub two ten on a uh, 70.3 bike split. And then we'll, then we'll talk about that. That's uh, yeah, I got, got some work to do. Yeah. You got to go uh, flat. And of course it's maybe a little short. Maybe is that what it would take? Sometimes you can find some of them that are a little bit. No, that's not what I'm looking for. Becca. <laughs> I'm all about the games now. I feel like I've been in it long enough where I can like, all right, here's, here's how you got to work it. Now you have the, well, I mean, it's, it's an interesting perspective. And actually, I think I was thinking about this myself the other day. And like, I think PRing to me isn't, I don't care about it as much anymore. You yeah. know, it really doesn't matter to me that much. Um, like, sure, if I could PR, you know, great. And uh, obviously it would likely lead to a good performance or a good, good position. But to me, it is definitely about, you know, trying to understand and not to too much. I'm still like just racing to my best of my abilities. But then when you get out on the run, you kind of know where you're at. You're um, I'm playing the game of, you know, making sure I can place the best that I can, you know. Um, and that's really what what matters to me, where like especially like White Mountains, uh, what I guess three, four weeks ago, I had a pretty big lead off the bike. So it was definitely a bit easier to, to slow down and not really uh, push or be be smart about it and make sure I didn't blow up, especially with like how hilly that course is um whereas you know i came uh off the bike i think by eight or nine minutes at muscle man last weekend um so there's definitely the hunger and the drive to try and keep pushing and there was guys around me too that were relatively close so um you need to keep kind of your foot on the gas at, at that point here so um so yeah but i mean what do you think is that certainly uh, it's it's all about winning here at this point for you yeah i like to win i like to win <laughs> but if it's not, I, I kind of, I've used this phrase a lot, even when talking to my family who 
they do not understand really triathlon. They've, they've gotten a lot better, but uh, I, I, I just say if it's available to me, then I'm going to go for the win. You know what I mean? If it's available to me, I mean, as you know, the more you race, there are days when it might just not be available to you, whether your body's not responding well or the field is stacked. It's and, and Elliot and I, even when we were cooling down on our uh, speed run today, we, I was mentioning this to him. If you go into something saying it's this or nothing for me, like I have to get my Kona slot. I have to win. If someone goes by you, it, it's so easy to immediately give up. Right. It's so totally drain. Yep. Yeah. If you can just, if you can say that would be great, but if it's not available to me, then, then I have other things that I would like to still see and I want to continue fighting. You know what I mean? So yeah, if it's available to me, sure. I'd love to win, but I do like to learn and, and grow and, and I like to hurt out there too. So I, I am confident in the fact that if a winning position is out of reach for whatever reason, you know, hits me that just being out there is a huge gift, especially when you've been injured and you know you might not have finish lines in the future. Just finding a finish line is is a really great, rewarding feeling. So, yeah, I yeah. like it, but there's a lot of other really great things about racing triathlon that I enjoy other than winning. Uh, and that's, you know, seeing Elliot out on the course is always a huge highlight for me and, and experiencing new places is also really fun. But uh yeah. All right. Two, two, and two questions him. here. Hold on here. <laughs> two questions. Yeah. So uh, we know it's happened now, but uh, how much uh, internally here? I've never even really asked Elliot this year, but like how much internally, Becca, has there been inspiration to beat Elliot on the course? Every time we take the course. Since we started. Every time, training. Every time we train. <laughs> to care for her. Oh, training. I didn't even know that. Okay. Oh, my God. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible because I never beat him in training. And I try so hard all the time. It's, I think it's why I'm, I'm actually, I was I just going to say, do you think that's what's pushing yeah. me to the next level? Yeah. It's, it keeps me, I mean, I don't know what other girls are doing and I don't care because I'm so focused on trying to catch Elliot in training sessions and it, it happens never. So I feel like I go into races just emotionally abused <laughs> from all of these training sessions where I get dropped on hills, I get left in the dust in the in the, in the pool. It's like God, I, I bet Elliot talks smack while he's doing it too. Yeah, I don't think he even. Look, I feel like I don't. He, I'm not even a thought a blip on his radar. That's how. Sometimes I mean, I mean, I don't that, even give her high fives. Oh, geez. <laughs> all right. I mean, I'm not surprised, but okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not even a glance over the shoulder when I'm gone. And sometimes, Colin, I'm so far behind him. I'm like, I have no idea where I'm at on this ride right now. Like, I hope I can find him again, but I'll just. But he doesn't going. care, though, right? No. Yeah, he's still going to keep that lead, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Except for yeah. in a race. <laughs> iron sharpened yeah. iron at the Cowoka household. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a really good point, you know, and even like when you mentioned that, I mean, Amber Freira, you know, local pro in New Hampshire, like reminds me, like she trained with, with guys all the time, you know, and like it boy girl doesn't really matter. It's, you know, the, having that person to push you all the time, I think is, you know, extremely motivating and, you know, far exceeds what, you know, success is in trap on its sport in general. Right. When you have that, that carrot, you know, and something that's constantly pushing you and motivating you, that's, uh, usually often, you know, where people rise to the, to the level of the competition. Right. So, um, I don't think that's any coincidence. So I know you always praise Elliot, but, uh, 
I think that's pretty significant for sure. No, and I think that's where training in groups really helps. I mean, yeah, we right. did a speed session this morning, and I don't think we we both wouldn't have ran as fast if we weren't doing it together. So it's nice yeah. to have someone out there. It's yeah. a good point. And so uh, for those that aren't aware, Elliot did have a not as his best day. Had some challenges going on, but uh, the last race, right? Uh, yeah. Becca did finally beat him in a half Ironman. But uh, I'm going to start by giving Elliot some kudos for owning it and posting right away on social media, you know, that, uh, yeah. She well, I just sit in one all yeah. the text messages after. I'm like, all right, everyone knows. Yeah. So I'll just... I mean, so I knew happened? on a, no. I knew on a bad day, <laughs> if I just wasn't feeling that great, there was a very high probability of her catching me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Just didn't. I I don't know. I still kind of perplexed what happened because I felt fine before the race and I just felt didn't very flat. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we got that out of the way. Um, let's see if she can do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I will say it's hard. I am scared now. I'm racing scared now. So that's <laughs> motivated me. <laughs> it's hard when your person, though, because Ellie's obviously who I share everything with. It's hard when your person doesn't have a banger of a day and you go out there and have like your best day because it doesn't, it feels like half of you is also feeling that hardship too. So I know. Yeah. When I, I mean, we did a local race recently where I felt really flat and I'm like, God, I would have hated to have done a half Ironman feeling flat like that. And so I, I know that my day is also coming where I probably don't have my best day at a half Ironman too. So I think seeing that hardship has made me really level headed and really humble. Um, and kind of, you know, you kind of feel those emotions with your person, uh, while also celebrating your day. But I think when you're still newer, I mean, I've only raced for four seasons. I've been in triathlon for five because of the COVID year, but you know, that's still not a lot of time. When you take the course year over year, you know, it's like rule of odds. Eventually you're going to get a flat. Eventually you're going to be sick. Eventually you're not going to feel great. Eventually you're not going to get your taper right. Eventually the training block won't have been your best. So, you know, I think it's a really good preparation for me. It's still kind of a newer racer to, to see that you're, and adjust the expectations for the day when it's it's your turn to really kind of suffer through it and knowing to that you should not quit you know what i mean because i like probably could have pulled out and just been like oh i'm just gonna give her splits and whatever you know what i mean it's the easier option uh but you feel a lot better about yourself when you like stick through because i'll be honest when you're feeling good and you probably can attest to this too both of you guys when you're feeling really great the day goes by so much faster than when you're not feeling great and <laughs> And it's, it's almost the respect goes up so much more when it's like, oh, you just made it through a really, really tough day out there. Like Kona, I know everyone feels that way at Kona, I'm sure. Not no, not at all. But for me, it's a pretty easy like, race. Yeah, it's an easy one. It's a hurt locker it's for an easy like one. plus hours. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, no, but uh, I mean, I think we race so little that, I mean, you really, if you really have, I mean, we're going in this Ironman races, I mean, you should be well rested, well tapered, ready to go for those. So, I mean, really, I shouldn't have had any excuse because I train enough where ah, I'm always on training. 
Yeah. You, know, you just... can can have like a bug or something coming through, you know, and stuff like that. I may not even know it. Could have COVID and not even know it. You know, there's uh, yeah. there's things Definitely. that, that I think can that's happen, right? You know. I keep joking that I had COVID strain 2,545 BA.2, whatever version <laughs> we're on, for my local race. Because you can, I think you can really tell on the bike when you just can't push power and your legs feel mm -hmm. terrible. You're like, oh my gosh, why can I not? I mean, yeah, you'll have those days for sure. Yeah. But eventually, like you said, rule of odds, it's like eventually that day might just land on a race day. Mm -hmm. And it sucks when you have four or five uh, or at your Elliott 10 key races of the year you know what I mean I was I was a little profound by that uh we don't race that much Elliot. you guys have been racing a lot here well I mean Ironman races I mean it's four or okay. five a year or half or fulls I mean usually one or two fulls and two or three halves. how many halves you guys doing this year four four, okay. four. and two fulls for you Elliot huh yeah and or three counting oh, three George. that's right i forgot about yeah. canada yeah yeah um that's right that's right uh, and, then local and a marathon that's a I'm lot racing, a lot <laughs> but i'm making a comeback i'm making a comeback yeah. this year all right that's good <laughs> Well, let's go back. So another thing, Becca, that you were struggling with this year, I mean, it certainly um, hasn't looked like it's affected you placement wise, but you were, you had a foot injury at the beginning of the year, right? Yeah. I fractured the cartilage in my ankle. I had a bone stress reaction in my tibia, a bone contusion on my just entire inside of my ankle and some Achilles rebounds reaction from that from a snowboarding fall being i was gonna let's let's make it very clear how did this happen yeah i took well <laughs> elliot <laughs> elliot and i were snowboarding and uh we decided that i should try going off a jump and so of course elliot finds the biggest one at the top of the mountain i didn't realize they got smaller as you go down the mountain because the ones at the top are for like the professional people <laughs> <laughs> oh i didn't even hear this part of the story okay I didn't yeah realize that. yeah so if you look at the video that we have of it it's a huge jump and i remember going off of it and like the entire mountain was just gone beneath me and i was like oh my god and i landed and i didn't even feel my ankle when i landed i actually hit my head so hard i think i was concussed because my lip was bleeding and yeah i mean it was a it was a kind of a tough fall but you can hear Elliot on the video just being like nice are you okay like because I just biffed it so hard uh and she was just yeah. laying there on the ground <laughs> yeah. well I, yeah. I just want to get out there that uh you know we got to stay off the slopes just yeah. uh nothing good happens on the slopes <laughs> just kidding now that I have had too many clients and friends and people get injured on the slopes I feel like uh, a lot of people get hurt there so but good good end to the story here right so i mean you use the lever a lot and you yeah. know modified your training and we're a little nervous for sure heading into your first race right but uh you prevailed yeah and it still is i mean we've spe seen so many specialists as a lot of people probably know cartilage will will never repair itself or regrow so what i've done to my the cartilage will probably always be there uh the other smaller things have healed but um, yeah, very minimal run training going into Victoria, like no speed training, which for me is not a good 
thing. Uh, I do not like going into a race that way, uh, but pulled, pulled through, really worked on my bike a whole bunch. And then a Coeur d'Alene during Victoria, I could feel it really subtly, but it was all on trail. Uh, so I think that was a better surface for it. But then Coeur d'Alene at the end of Coeur d'Alene, the last 5k, I mean, I would say I was openly in pain for the last 5k of that run because it's all pavement yeah. and it's flat enough where you can really push pace. So I think the surface has a lot to do with impact. And I really felt it quite a bit that last 5k in Coeur d'Alene. And yeah, it's still cranky at times, you know, I still can feel okay. it at times. And, you know, I do all I can to minimize the symptoms, but the injury will probably always uh, be there in some capacity. It's just kind of something to like manage. Yeah work through so yeah but i've known what it's like to not be able like the possibility of not being able to do triathlon is really powerful too so kind of a driving force even if i'm in pain it's kind of just something i think kind of gives you a tiny chip on your shoulder where it's like okay well if i can do this with the obstacles i've overcome then i can probably deal with all the other things that are gonna happen in my life that are gonna be challenging so yeah it just helps me keep the gas pedal on sometimes feeling pain makes you realize that you're human and that's also a kind of a scary reality so it's like running scared to that finish line like all i want to do is get there as quick as i can before that ankle blows is almost my mentality now. <laughs> motivation yeah that's true, that's true. Yeah. i'll be excited for off season to rehab it for sure and just rest it so so I certainly don't want to bring up any uh, marriaging challenges with this, but uh, I'm, what what is I'm curious to get kind of both of your perspectives on having or coaching your wife or having your husband be your coach. Oh yeah, you should start with Elliot on this one. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it's probably harder for you than it is for me. Oh, I mean, I think the best athletes are the ones where. I lay out a good plan. I mean, I think about it a lot and she does every single workout to the best of her abilities. So of course, when you do that, you're going to improve. And I really don't think there's a secret formula out there that, I mean, there's no like secret training plan that even professionals are doing. I mean, they're training a lot more volume, but I mean, there's no like secret formula out there that'll get you really fast i think it's just putting in the work being consistent and just working hard all the time and i think that's what she does and it's definitely uh kept me on my toes and makes me push harder because i don't want her getting faster than me so i think it's we complement each other very well <laughs> yeah i yeah, like that's true. I, personally i love it because uh, we talk about our workouts quite a bit. Obviously, we do a lot of them and align a lot of them together. So um, I feel like that feedback right away, the loop is as soon as I'm done with the run, you know, I tell him exactly how I feel or if we're riding together, like he can see it right there too. So I feel like it's the probably the most hands-on feedback wise, exactly. which you guys know from being coaches and being probably coached various times in your life. Uh, the feedback is really what it comes down to. I think the plan is one thing, but the feedback means probably more than the data and the metrics behind it. So even if something looked great on paper, it's like, well, you know, that took every shred of my soul today to do that. Or yeah, it was like super easy or something like that. So yeah. the, the, the live feedback loop is, uh, I think the most beneficial, 
because he can see that and adapt. Like if he knows I'm really, really tired, he'll go in and change my workout for the next day or whatever. And I trust him for that. So there is a, a lot of trust, I would th- say in our relationship, but I would say two weeks out of every year, I fire him and do my own thing. So that's also an important part of our- I think that's, that's good. Yeah. No, I agree. And I mean, from the outside perspective, I would say, I think, you know, to me, true coaching is being- in kind of sync with each other and making sure that the training makes sense for you, you know, on that day or the next day or whatnot. Right. And so obviously it's going to be a heck of a lot easier for him to see, you know, his athlete either doing really well or, you know, struggling and make updates, you know, to, to what the training looks like um, when you're with that person all the time. Right. You know, so I think that's where like the, even the squads that live together and stuff like that are with their coach. Um, I can see a real advantage to that. Whereas, you know, people that, uh, and maybe this is something for people that are coached that uh, aren't giving much feedback to their coaches. Uh, you know, it's a, a an ask to uh, make sure that you're leaving that feedback and um, making sure that you're on the same page. Cause I do think that that's critical to really getting the best out of yourself. Yeah. And there's moments where, I think it's normal for any athlete as a initial reaction to struggle to blame your coach. You know, like there's times when I'm really tired and why did he give me this? Like, this is all his fault that I'm struggling. You know what I mean? And that's just a really, it's, I think it's irregardless of if you're married to that person or not, but also it's in tandem with when you're in a relationship, if you're not doing triathlon, like I think it's a knee jerk reaction for people to blame their partner about not picking something up or whatever. So I would say, just kind of acknowledging that emotion when I have it of saying like, it's so much easier to place that blame on my coach, but really it's, it's separate. You know what I mean? Just kind of, I think learning for me to acknowledge my emotions and not blame him for, for me being tired or not picking up his dirty laundry off the floor or whatever. You know what I mean? I think they're, they're kind of in tandem helps me sometimes not just get irritated or angry or whatever, kind of just, you know, you have to, you have to work through things when you're a partner with somebody and it's, it's really not ever easy, but I think it can really like anything when it gets hard, it can really strengthen the bond the two of you have. So, yeah, I think that carries over a lot to, you know, there's moments when we're training together and one of us is just having a bad day. I and mean, usually it's me. Usually I'm the one in training that's just having the bad days all the time. <laughs> like, so, but then there's moments where I can help pull him along too. Like we do our, a lot of our long rides together. And I think that paints a really good picture because, you know, I'll take a hard pull for 15 minutes at 70.3 power, just cause I want to get us home faster. So I'm like, if I can give him 15 minutes of rest, and then he can pull and I can pull, like, we'll just get home faster. So, you know, that's where it's like, even if I'm irritated <laughs> that he made me do this with him and he's dropped me a lot, I'm still going to help out. And that's what translates, I think, to marriage or partnership uh, outside of triathlon really well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, there's tense moments. Yeah. Sure. But there's good. In any relationship, obviously, there's going to be, right? So yeah. you've um, tried coaching Kristen before, right? Let's. Next topic. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not. It's also not for everybody. You know what I mean? There's a lot of couples where only one of them does it. And it's amazing to me, too. I mean, that's a totally different dance. Well, that's that, that was kind of another kind of follow-up question I had. Yeah, so, like, um, for being honest, like, uh, even I could come home and just want to race, and it's like, good job. Go look at – go watch the kids. You know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't really um, – yeah, you know, there's just too much going on, I would say, even to be able to 
overly enjoy it, you know, and, um, you know, so like to me, there's, I do my triathlon. It's kind of my own thing these days. And then, you know, there's the family and, um, does it ever get tiresome or like, feel like there's nothing but triathlon in your guys' life with how like, you know, involved you guys are with it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I think we both like it. I think we love, yeah. we really like the lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, I like training more than racing, especially when right. my racing isn't doing as well these days. But I mean, I think I've, I've made some changes and I think I'm on the uptrend now. Yeah, that's good. So, no, I agree. I mean, I definitely, uh, I'll take a training camp over a race any day these days. Um, way more fun and enjoyable and being with the people and stuff. So, you know, definitely jealous of you guys to be able to have a training partner almost, you know, all the time and, uh, being able to do that with your partner is pretty awesome. It made me want to, I think it faster because Elliot hasn't, he hasn't had a training partner really since we've moved here. So I think there was a lot of motivation for me because in Arizona, where we were for 15, he was there for 15 years. There were a lot of uh, guys that he trained with and he would kind of do all of his training separate of me back when I started, obviously, because I was brand new. So when we moved here, I mean, there were certain things we could do together. And, you know, I think in the last year, I've been able to actually swim on the same interval at times, depending, and I can sit on his feet in the lake and I can hold on to his wheel on a long ride. And obviously we've been doing speed work together for the last probably two years on the run, but I just, the, the opportunity for me to get dropped has kind of just kept me from doing things all the time. Cause I, as you know, you can't compete every day, but I think a huge compliment to me was when we could really align more and more of our sessions together. Um, that felt good on my end, but I also felt like I was doing it for him just because I'm like, if somebody can push him and keep him sharp, you know, that's going to make everybody faster and better too. So, I mean, he said it before to me, like you kept me in the sport and kept me kind of loving it and kept me, you know, getting sharp and, and things like that. So uh, that was, that's kind of a, a big part of the relationship building, but uh, yeah, there are a lot of nights where we're just like, just so tired and, you know, we talk about it constantly and you know, I think I even told my mom on the up phone this morning, she's like, so how are you and Elliot? I'm like, oh, we're just tired. We're just really tired, you know, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to complain about it, but it, the reality is that uh, when you choose it, like we do, you know, nine times out of 10, there are consequences that come with that. So while we get to eat an entire large Costco pizza after spending the entire day on the bike together, no, we're not out sightseeing and outgoing, seeing the world and doing all of those things. So there's give and take, but I think for this chapter, it's very much, um, we wouldn't choose anything else for sure. Right on. Yeah. Elliot. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when you go on race trips, like we're going to Boulder and it's like, I don't know, you don't really sightsee when you go to races. So I, I think that was a hard thing when we went to St. George earlier this year with just my parents and my uh, relatives and Becca was without me and they all wanted to go hiking and yeah. do all this other stuff. And it's just, it's really hard when a race is going on and you're just trying to just lay low and relax the entire time and yeah totally. take care of Your all the pre-race stuff right. so it's yeah there's a it's lot definitely to be done. yeah yeah 
we have our rhythm and our flow the two of us and um we don't like other people to get involved with that i would say if, if my family has offered to come on me she's like we have our system down so please don't thanks I do all the food. you know elliot does the bikes i make sure we're stretching and he makes sure that we're getting to places at the right time and i can't imagine doing it by myself i would not probably still be in the sport well that's why colin runs over his wheels his aero helmet i don't know how you do it stuff. by yourself how do you do it by <laughs> uh. yourself well, I've, I've got a new uh, story that happened uh, right after uh, I talked to you guys on the phone the other day. I don't know if I was going to save that for the next episode or throw it out here, but uh, I guess I'll, I'll share with you guys here. Uh, so uh, um, we, as I raced Muscle Man, uh, we'll call it a week and a half ago or probably two weeks by the time this comes out. And uh, we took a friend of mine's RV there and we had my Thule bike rack on the back and it holds four bikes. Uh, I actually had my bike closest to the to the RV and took a little crap from from my friends that oh you know Colin you put yours in the safest spot. So we're driving down the highway and we started getting a few flashes um, from from vehicles and didn't really think much of it. And it's the RV, so you can't really see what's going on in the back. And we did need to get gas, so we pulled in at a rest area. And maybe we can, I don't know if I'm going to share the pictures publicly, but uh, my bike was uh, literally dragging by a bungee cord. Oh my God. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Will you send me the picture, please? Yeah. So it uh, looks like we're still kind of fully investigating, but it looks like the frame isn't compromised. But like, so my, it fell to its right side. The arrow bar literally like is like there's like that much left of the base bar, I should say. Um, it just shaved the carbon like all the way down. It looks like you took a saw to my seat and just shaved it like just to the edge of the, the, the seat post. Um, chewed up my paddle, uh, my pedal, excuse me. Um, what else here? Uh, the front wheel is just totally toast. Um, so, yeah, I've uh, been, dealing, been dealing with that. So um, pretty unfortunate. So what happened is the Thule rack that has the calipers that kind of go over the front wheel, we get out there and the caliper thing was just gone. It just popped off. So the bike bounced its way over. And if I didn't have that bungee cord on it, it would have just felt, fallen off and we probably wouldn't even notice. Who knows, we would even found the bike. <laughs> um, so, so you're gonna get a new bike rack? Uh, need to get at least get a new uh, piece for that. It's a it's a three three bike rack right now instead of four. Um, I haven't I still haven't been working on email to Thule, uh to talk to them about it. I did I did just find out that uh, homeowners insurance will cover this, um, but uh, I do have a thousand dollar deductible. Um, but uh, heck of a lot. It's it's um, I did price out what my bike actually costs in retail value, uh, which was more than I thought it was. Yes, yes definitely more than a thousand and that's where you know it is true like when your bike has been in, a, in an accident right like the the stress and the the frame can be compromised without really showing visibility of it so yeah. i'm still toying and i did talk to felt and it's they said it'll be five at least five months till i could get um a new frame from them Jeez. um so um i did did work this into kind of an upgrade um i've got some new uh new cockpit that i'm pretty excited about that uh that is being put on right now and knock on wood uh, hopefully by the time this gets released i'll have it back operational here hopefully 
Um, but uh, yeah, that happened. Didn't didn't see that one coming. I wish somebody, I hope on the internet somewhere, somebody that went by, you took a picture of this beautiful time trial bike just flailing behind Dragging. this <laughs> like, It was dark out. It was getting there. late. So I wonder if people even knew what it was, but they yeah. obviously knew something was going on. So this was uh, on the way back? This was on the way home. Yep. Yeah. So after we talked that night? So literally probably within a half hour to an hour of us talking, I think uh, this happened. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> uh, my heart yeah. with that that's really tough but at least you're finding the silver lining and like gonna upgrade from yeah know. i mean i still i mean again if i didn't put that bungee cord on i think it would have been toast um so um you know could have could have been worse and it's still amazing that the frame you know doesn't look like it got damaged have you been training on it with just a different so you do have a kicker so you don't need a back wheel and you're i just been uh riding my road bike okay yeah. Yeah, so, but I did. I took I took a vacation with the family the uh, the next day after uh, Muscle Man, so I didn't train for a week here after that. So that was part of it too. So um, did ride for the first time since Muscle Man this morning, actually. So so yeah. Always um, something in triathlon. There's always something. <laughs> it is, yeah. So um, could have done without one that one, but uh, yeah. it is what it is. So. Yeah. Bike stuff is always the uh, hardest. That's why yeah. I mean, it does all of my bike mechanic stuff. So, what kind of front end did you get for your felt? Uh, I got the tri rig. That's what yeah. I have. Yeah, you'll like you that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Super adjustable, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I got the new, uh, shoot, I keep forgetting uh, the name, but the new fancy, um, not the scoops, but the um, pads that they have they, there. The, the close back. Uh, ones those long ones yeah the um not the scoop i had the scoops before yeah the the scoops ultimate yeah oh uh, nice yeah got the ultimate so um yeah it should be cool well that's a good thing but, then you you made a big upgrade yeah yeah my bank account <laughs> couldn't could could do without that right now for sure but uh keep rolling with it what kind of new front wheel did you get Ah, uh, well, I haven't, I haven't yet. I've got the training wheels on it for now, but uh, I'll get Envy to replace them for me. Oh, oh nice. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, should be, that's, that's really the only thing that changes is the, um, the cockpit. So, but well, sorry, uh, that happened, and it, man. It, it, it could have happened uh, at a worse time too. I mean, I'm not racing or plan to race again until September. So uh, uh, I've got a little bit of time, you know, so yeah so that's that's the high for me right now <laughs> did have could have a fun vacation with my family we went uh glamping and uh went to a uh yogi bear campground for those that are familiar and uh hung out at the lake and um had a fun had a fun time so the kids good. do any more triathlons coming up they do actually so uh we're recording this on a tuesday the thursday coming thursday they have a triathlon actually so um, ah. they got one a couple days and then uh, next month they have one so in yeah, a little little less than a month they'll have another one so yeah should be good they'll, they'll start sharing their victory the victories with you and the more they learn about it the more you can bond with the, the little guy yeah. right because they're yeah. doing them that's nice no doubt no doubt yeah it's fun so 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when they get a little bit older, they'll they'll like they'll enjoy going to races with you if you could stand them, right? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's still going to be a little bit before they can go be by themselves for that long. You know, um, if you know somebody didn't come with us there, you know, for us having Elliot with uh, Elliot, can't even say with Elijah with uh, you know autism, he's he does really struggle in public places, so it's yeah. extra hard for us to to go to go to places and um manage that so yeah. um we'll see but they're uh, overstimulating for sure i think um yeah my mother can't handle them for instance the ones that she's come to yeah. it's been over you know it's been overstimulating for her she feels like people should not be in the amount of pain that they're in you know what i mean she's like doesn't like doesn't compute you know what i mean what's wrong so, with you people yeah yeah i mean and they're exhausting Funny too that. for little oh kids. yeah my nieces might come and watch me do one next year and they're four and six. And it's like, even logistically thinking of where I could see them, I'm like, maybe the finish line, you know what I mean? But other than that, I don't, you know what I mean? It's hard for the little people to go, especially with the early starts and the attention spans and everything like that. But it is cool. Cause they understand the Have them show up for the finish of the bike and the run course. Yeah. I mean, it. At that age, they do understand the concept of somebody like winning or doing well or finishing something big. Sure. So it yeah. is, it would be really rewarding for a family member, especially of the little folk, because they, they're so honest too. I mean, you've seen Danielle arrive when she talked about her nephew, how he said she's not good anymore. And then she won and he said she was good again. <laughs> it's like, I love the honesty that the little people bring. <laughs> There's definitely some brutally honesty that you get every day. Yeah. Yeah. So nice all right so you guys got boulder what a couple weeks or yeah it's coming up yeah very cool excellent um well yeah um becca great to have you on congrats on your success there actually all right one more question mm -hmm. so um no pressure here and certainly don't think about this come october but you were to win the amateur race at 70.3 worlds do you take your professional card? Depends on what my swim looks like. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, that's fair. No offense to the chick that won with a 36, but not going to fly in a pro field right. still. So Very I don't true. know what she's right. been up to. I haven't found much about her, but uh, I don't know, because I still want to be able to do races. This is another thing. I still want to be able to do races that don't have a professional field. Like I want to go race Des Moines, Iowa next year where my family's at. But if it's not a pro race that year, am I just out? You know, um, I don't know. It would take a lot of thought because then there's also I know there are people that have said, well, you sh you should be forced to go pro if you place a certain position. Like mm -hmm. you shouldn't be just dumping on everyone's amateur dreams. But until that's a rule, yeah, maybe I'll just piss that one's never off. gonna happen. That's never gonna. <laughs> yeah, happen. I mean, I think there's plenty of guys that are like, why aren't you professional yet? I mean, you're just like dominating us play empty <laughs> yeah <That guy>. yeah <laughs> all right i mean you know look at clay this year right he he went back to, to amateur this year i know and i'm sure we'll see him do quite well <laughs> the men's field i will say it's a i as much as i love how triathlon is not gender discriminatory it's a different story for male amateurs that are really fast at the front of the age group field and female amateurs because i don't think the jump is physically that big. I mean, I'm already running what podium finishers are running off the bike. The men are running one tens off the bike. Like 
that's you have to be able to run that like no ifs ands or buts regardless of the course the train like it's one ton or bus it's like you know you can't do that unless you're freaking committed to the half marathon training so uh it is different for i think the front end males as much as i am like female power female can do it you know um i do think it's a little different so yeah where i'm similar to being being honest that's totally fair yeah Yeah. i think i think you're you're right there but um yeah and i mean it's certainly not to say that with a weaker swim you can't come out and still uh be a successful professional but uh i certainly respect that mindset and and you know thoughts on it um so i i i respect that for sure yeah i mean never say never i definitely think that you would know if it was the right decision for you to go pro elliot would know if it was the right decision i think i think there's benefits to doing it but i think there's there's more uh, disadvantages to doing it too soon. Like Jesse Thomas had a really great podcast and had a really good message on that back in the day that I listened to, I think kind of when I started getting up to the regular overall podium uh, pretty consistently, Um, you know, just, just, you got to think about your age for one, uh, your goals, what you want out of the sport too. And just the realistic experience, because even though people say, that oh it'll push you more to be in the pro field it'll I I mean all irregardless of all of that you know you're not going to get to race day and see an automatic 20 percent time game you know what I mean and despite being the first female uh, finisher sure. at Coeur d'Alene I think the local newspaper didn't realize that there wasn't a pro field and they said though Kawaoka placed first in the pro field she did not break the course record set by Heather Jackson in 2019 <laughs> which was like 15 minutes faster than me. <laughs> right on. Must have been the conditions. Yeah. Where does that 15 we had minutes tough come conditions from? That day. Yeah, exactly. It was really hot because we did it that year. So it's like, I don't know where I'm going to get 15 minutes from. It's certainly not going to be just because I'm like, hey, I'm racing pro. I'm going to train even harder. Like, I'm giving it my all already, honey. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, so true. So, so true. yeah. TBD. I would love to place over. I mean, I would just love to move up a little bit, but I mean, the amount of people I saw that flatted at 70.3 worlds last year, I mean, it seemed like the year of the flat last year. So it's like, I'm never going to okay. do myself and say, I want to go into anything. I used to listen yeah, to podcasts. Yeah. Uh, with females that would say, Oh, I want to win my age group at Kona. And I was just like, that just put such a bad taste in my mouth early on where it's like that finish line in St. George. I know it's just half of a, a full Ironman and that it's nothing like Kona, but St. George is the most humbling place that I have ever raced. So yeah. when you find that finish line in the red rocks, it's like somebody. Well, gets here. <laughs> so. we'll see what happens. There's still rumors that uh, this could be the last Hawaii here actually. So really, still? Yeah. There, yeah there have you some, heard I mean, any, who knows? have you heard anything Colin? Because they need to make a decision at the, I think by the end of August, they have right, to start issuing 2023 slots. Yeah, that's a good Have point. you heard anything about nope, that? No, I haven't. Uh, no. And I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they still, even though they should be making that decision, they either have something in place that, you know, could change or something like that. I mean, I think ultimately they're going to see how things go this year, especially with the two days before anything's really decided for 2023. Yeah. So we want we'll see, but I mean, that's, that's it's true. I mean, they really should have that in place because the number of slots allocated and stuff like that would all be dictated on, you know, how many days, um, not necessarily where it is, but, uh, um, those are all factors. So, um, 
could be interesting here for the next month or two here. Yeah, too, because I mean, that's I think that's a major driving. I mean, what's making me motivated for Ironman Canada is it's a qualifi- qualifier for 2023. For 23. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, true. I don't know how you take Kona out of the mix. I mean, anytime you talk to anyone that doesn't know what triathlon is, all they say is, oh, is that the Hawaii? Yeah. You know, it's it's so like, I mean, just it is. All- absolutely i mean in saint george was i mean i thought it was well run and hard very challenging yep. but it just did not replace hawaii why yeah. is the birthplace but it is but if it does go away that will force itself to kind of be if people will take it more seriously um you know if it's if that's the that's it you know um so not to say i agree uh, with all those points and I don't want to see it go anywhere, but uh, who knows? Crazy world we're living in. True. Uh, I mean, we got bikes falling off RVs. <laughs> we got. <laughs> Had to remind me of that one more time here before we go to Oscar. Huh? <laughs> we got Becca going by Elliot on the bike course. What? What's happening? <laughs> we're living. When she in passed me, and yeah, when she passed me in Quarter Lane, it was like towards the end of the bike. She's like, "Are you okay?" And I go, "Yep." <laughs> Like, oh my right. god are you okay honey and then we got into transition and i was just about to take off and he comes in so i was like do you want to run with me and he was like taking a while so i was like all right i'm just gonna run then. <laughs> like, just, i can forget it when we've talked about it before what we we're gonna do and i was like if you're okay i'm gonna keep going but if you're in physical pain i will stop you know what i mean like if you're struggling so i guess my, my ego was already destroyed by the by t2 i was like he, he didn't flip you off as you passed him on the bike no, he was just like, when I asked him, he was just like, yeah, so, doing good. So, and I was just kind of pulling the good. eyes along. So I was like, maybe he'll just hop on this train of boys. We're just going up this hill. And I was like, just hop on the back, hop on the back. <laughs> but he made it, he made uh, it through. So we're happy. Yell at those guys, they back off my wife. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll save the sass that I have experienced on a bike course for another episode for crying I know. Out. I'll have to save that for number three here. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you got a little more experience with that. Keep passing yeah. those boys there. It's awesome. Episode yeah, it's, uh, 100. So awesome to watch. And uh, congratulations on the success. And uh, can't wait to see more of it here. Yeah. And thanks for all the advice, you and Elliot, just talking to the two of you. I think you're kind of my main Yoda's that keep me going so it's on your shoulders that i stand so i feel very grateful to y'all for she's the first person she wants to talk to after a race you're the first always i always want to call colin (laughs) i'm honored and i enjoy those conversations very much so good good. well thank you thanks for having me on again guys it's always great to talk triathlon with you no doubt all right well thank you very much for listening everybody until next time uh happy training happy racing and we'll talk soon here See you guys.